Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God Children's ministry. So I just want to start today by kind of walking you through. Um, we're going to do Ephesians 4, and I'm just really pumped about this message. I always say that, I feel like, but um, I want you to kind of interact first off with how the Lord has been working in you in Ephesians so far. So when we mentioned identity, what kind of surfaced in you with your identity? When we mentioned unity, was there kickback? You know, when we talk about how God's coming back for a body, not an individual, and he's not looking for a superstar, but supergroup, less superstar, more supergroup, more eagles, less Bieber. It's more eagles-ish, less Bieber, groupish. So how did you interact when we talked about how Jesus wants you to be a part of a body where you're so concerned with the other that who you are doesn't, and that's a beautiful thing, but it's not the purpose, right? How did you interact when we started learning how Paul was called? And with your calling, how do you interact with knowing God has a specific thing for you? That's not made up. There's something specific for you, and there's something specific in you for the kingdom of God. Of God. How did you interact with it? I think it's important, whatever situation you're in, even if it's terrible, to kind of listen to how you're interacting with it. Whether it's a passage of scripture, a leader in your life that maybe is leading not well. What's happening in your heart? always. It's not just moments on Sunday. I want to know, you know, I'm not asking you to tell me now, but what's been going on with you during the series? Um, I know for a lot of us, like, it'd be just great if we woke up one morning and we heard a voice of God say, I've called you to exactly this at exactly this time, and this is exactly how you'll do it. These are exactly, but honestly, even the most spiritual of us, that's not our story. Even the most, there's this element of like, I've kind of got to learn how to be in this without knowing exacts. He gives you enough to where you are. I'm going to exist in it. I'm not going to quit. And so for some of us, maybe we've heard specifics. The other day I was talking to my daughter, Alethea, and she's like, oh, crap. <laughs> and I just love talking to my kids because kids are like pre-tainted faith vessels. 
And I don't, did that make sense? Pre-tangent basis, okay. Um, and I don't, she, she ended up asking me a question. She was like, Daddy, we were talking about how, oh, she was asking me how I prepare for sermons. I like, I do this all week long. I read the passage like a hundred times. I write the whole passage. I pray about it. I throw some stuff out, not of the passage, of my stuff. And then, and then I just, I ask, I, at the end, I just give it all to God and say, you do whatever you want. I study well, and then I let him speak. And she was like, yeah, God spoke to me the other day. And I was like, what did you say? She's like, yeah, God spoke to me. And I was like, what did he say? She said, she said he said, sweet dreams, my love. <laughs> and I was like, well, why did he say that? And he was like, she was like, well, I was going to bed, and I was a little scared. And I just knew my, my father wanted to speak to me. And he said, I want you to have sweet dreams, my love. And then I had sweet dreams. And I was like, how awesome is that? <laughs> so um, my kids have, like, recently started having a lot of cool stuff happen, like, understanding things. You know, last night we got to talk about salvation. Remember that, talking about salvation? <laughs> I was like, whenever you, if you ever want salvation, I don't know if she is or isn't right now, Jesus, but whenever you want. You know, the Bible says that everyone who approaches the throne of grace, you know, we all have access to Jesus and we can be saved, you know, and I was like, if you, whenever you want to do it, she was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, moving on. <laughs> it was a really good night, though, um, but for this particular topic, typically, like, you don't just hear, you're going to do this, be this, and this is going to be it forever, because there's a thing involved, you know, there's, there's things that he's trying to foster in us for community and for the world and for the people that he'll lead us to, and those things are probably more important than the call. You know, if that wasn't the case, then people who are gifted at stuff would be leaders everywhere, and they wouldn't have any type of manner-worthy kind of do whatever we want, and Jesus should follow, and you should follow, and, but that's not the case, um, and I remember one year ago, I think this weekend, which is crazy, we were preaching from this passage because we were preaching on the 10 most common mistakes church plants make, and the passage was about putting the wrong leadership in place first. And I remember groaning in prayer at that time, Father, we're leading differently. We're not just going to notice all the people who are good at stuff and put them over people. It's going to take time for leadership. We're going to have to foster relationship. We're going to have to learn how to live in love. Disciple-making disciples will be how we grade if we're doing good, not if we get big. It'll be about being in the community. And I remember thinking, I don't know how many people are going to want to do that. People want what they want. Like in, at this time, a year ago, we had a lot of conversations with people that were like, you know, if you just do this, it'll be better. You know, if you can just listen to me and let me do this, put me in leadership now. And at this time, I was like, I know that you're not asking me to do that, God. So I had to preach a message, and it was about its process, and you have to take time. And I'm looking back at the year, and I'm freaking out because Jesus has done all of it, more than, more than I would have wanted him to do. He's brought the right leadership. Every person who's in leadership at our church is humble you wouldn't look at any of us and be like, oh, that guy is so gifted, except for everybody else. Maybe me. You'd look at me and be like, he's not that gifted, but maybe everybody else. But there's humility. Nobody craves to be in leadership. We serve, and I love that God has done that. It's, so, it's such a testament to doing it his way, him giving you what he wants, as opposed to doing it your way and never getting what he wants. Amen? So, <laughs> I'm a traditionally long intro guy, but that's okay. That's okay. All right, you guys all know this question. Um, you're going to a desert island, you get to take three things, right? Who's ever heard this question before? Raise your hand. This is just a small group question. This is what you don't do if you're a pastor, but I'm going to let somebody tell me the three things that they would take to a desert island. Um, Chelsea, did you raise your hand? I did. Okay. 
But you can tell me? Okay. Who's number four? <laughs> Who else? Who else? Three things they would take to a desert island. Who raised their hand? Nobody now. <laughs> Sam? Um, I would bring a goat. <laughs> <laughs> I would bring a waterfall creature. And I would bring um, a wife. A goat. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. But it's just awesome. I hope it's for milk. A pregnant goat. <laughs> oh my gosh. One, one more. Who, who's going to a desert island? What are the three things you're taking? <laughs> oh, Morgan. <laughs> Please, speak. <laughs> a boat. <laughs> Morgan, that's perfect. You don't need three. Yeah, I would take. I would take my family. It's one. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I asked you that because that's kind of a fun thing to do. We'd all take something different. It's a little bit like this. This passage today, and I want you to hear this question. God's saying to us, "I'm sending you to a community, and I'm giving you one awesome thing to share with that community." And that's actually real. I'm not sending you to the world with your one awesome thing. I'm sending you to a community, and I'm giving you one awesome thing. And there'll be more. There's more than one. But if you could just grasp the one or two things that he's saying, and even more so, in this community I'm sending you to, you're going to have a big helping hand. You're going you're to be a part of people being changed forever. You're going to see radical things happen. How? Will you enter that community to take this thing, right? You're not going to a desert island, although a lot of Christianity is built on that kind of question. I'm, here, I'm getting my three things, and I'm doing my thing. And I'm going to my island, and you can, you can... And Jesus says, I'm sending you to people, and all of the gifts are for the community, right? Did you know that? All the gifts and listed in Scripture are for the community? Because the goal is to make the community just like Jesus, and then the community is seen by the world, and people look at us, and they're like, they're loving each other like I've never seen before. There's people together that shouldn't be together, and so the, the community is this really important tool that he uses, and we get to model the kingdom of heaven interrelationally. So he gives us freakishly, each of us, no one exempt in here, no one exempt. I don't care how definitive you are about not having value in the kingdom of God, Every one of us has something to be deposited into the body. Every one of us. Some of you know, some of you don't know. Some of you will know. Some of you will have to fight through some identity stuff to say, I'm not believing the trash. I am believing in Jesus, and I'm believing that I have value for this community. Some of you, like me, will have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, it's not about me, and it's not about my gift. I have so many stories of it being about me and my gift. And every community was like a breeding ground for them to help foster my gift so that I could then become something. And Jesus is like, SMH. <laughs> like, it's never going to be about that. And so, um, so God says to you, please listen to me. We're about to read this. I'm sending you to community, and I've given you something for the community, right? 
What is it? I'm going to read you this real quick. If you could pull up Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 6. Make sure. Yeah, I think that's the same translation. So I'm going to read it from here. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be complete. Okay. Please let this just overtake every part of who you are as you search Jesus. Close your eyes even for some of you. I would need to close my eyes. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And make not just a little bit of effort to keep unity. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And so, today as we start, here's the question of kind of your life. What manner, first off, do you believe you have anything to offer? Because we're going to clear that up really concisely. You have a gift that is for the body. That is Scripture. For the one in here that's like, you need to show me in Scripture. I'm showing you in Scripture. It's here. So let's clear that up, and let's not dabble anymore in, I just don't know. Let's just say, to that. Sorry, who I just scared. <laughs> Shelby's like, whoa. <laughs> let's go ahead and, say, and just start saying thank you, right? It's there. If we're going to be people of the Word, that's there. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. It's there. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's move forward to why he's writing a passage like this. There's a way to take and be in community that your gift and what God has called for you to do will surface so quickly. There's a way it will come out. There's a way it won't come out. I want to read you this real quick. These are the things. You can pull up that slide. The manner worthy, whether you know your calling or know what, what you're supposed to deposit, is this. Actually, this is our RCC prayer list. We're going to do that eventually. Those are important. That's my fault that I didn't do that earlier. Humility. The manner worthy. All of you who want to live for the Lord and know that God has called you and he's placed a fire under you, right? Every time you pray with my dad, where's my dad? The word fire is like every three words. Sometimes it doesn't even have to make sense. He's like, fire, I pray, fire, God, fire on fire and fire in half. And you're like, Amen. <laughs> So for all of us who have that kind of like lit life that we're like, we're going after it, this is how you go after it. Any other way is selfishness and foolishness. This is how your message is heard. This is how the gift that's been placed in you is actually believable. This is how you view yourself. You have a modest opinion or estimate of your own importance and rank. That's why Jesus said, sit at the lowest seat. That's why Jesus washed feet. And he says, meekness mild and gentle let me clear this up does this mean you're quiet all the time that's not what it means it's interrelationally gentleness there's a way to be forceful with people with your ideas and there's a way to be gentle and people respond to one and not the other make sense the third thing is long suffering we need so much more of this in our christian walk and we'd have such stronger churches because people are like no 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 it's got to be this way and i'm out and then they jump to the next place and no, 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 no. It's got to be this way and I'm out. And no, 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 no. It's got to be this way and I'm out. And long suffering. We got some short suffering happening. We're really good at short suffering. We're really good at that. Forbearance. Christian love. If you don't have this one, 
I think you should not, you should not move at all in a gift or anything. If you can't unselfishly love another person, you can't be Jesus to this world, period. The way that people see Jesus most clearly is when they're given what they don't deserve. That is the heartbeat of Jesus. I'm looking at a group of people who I prob- could be frustrated at that are trying to kill me, and I'm going to give them what they don't deserve. So in your walk, you know, the men are worthy is being around a bunch of morons that deserve something else that you decide to give them what they don't deserve. And somehow in that, the world says, why would she do that? That guy's an idiot. Because everybody treats an idiot the same. Somehow in the body of Christ, when the idiot surfaces, we love that idiot well. Please put that on like a quote. I've never had anybody quote me. And like me holding, like you can see my, don't do that. <laughs> and if you do these things, you want another question about if you're walking in the manner worthy and you're walking your calling? If you're doing these things, it produces a fifth thing, and it produces peace. You know that you're walking in what he's called you to do if you're walking in peace, because Jesus is peace. It's not he has peace. He's not like in heaven in all eternity with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, like, can you grab me my belt? It's got peace in it. It's not what he's saying. He is peace. So where he is, there is peace. That's why when dudes were getting their heads chopped off, after Jesus came, huh, they weren't even fighting for their life because supernatural peace had overtaken them in such a way that giving their life for Jesus was somehow better. Peace does that. And then the story is, throughout history, I've said this before, one of the guards cutting off one of the disciples' heads said, that's different. He kneels down, take my life, I want this Jesus. Peace produces things like that in situations that it doesn't even make sense. So even on a smaller scale, look around, and some of you aren't from our community. Look around your community, right? And you might even know that you know that God's given you this thing and you're taking it. You want to know how to never be heard and never impact it? Take it this other way. Can you pull up the next slide, Jessica? Here's the way that you, you want to take it, and like you remove Jesus and you take it all upside people's heads. You'd be like... Um, proud and overbearing this is the language of proud they just don't know that I they don't know who I am you know like they don't know what God has told me to do and if they would just listen to me then everything would change right that's not the community of God that's not the way it works impatient hatred we can pretend like we don't have hate hate surfaces in your pastor's art you know when 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 I, I deal with the idiot because And listen, I don't say that to say I'm not the idiot. I'm probably the idiot more than anybody in this room. I'm well aware of that. My humanness is very real. I struggle with things that I wish I didn't. There's thorns I wish I didn't struggle with. My anger at the person, can I just be really honest about this? Tell me no so I can just say I'm not listening. I'm just going on. (laughs) (laughs) The person who makes everything about themselves is the hardest person for me to be around. Because I can't see how in the gospel anybody can come to that conclusion. I just don't get it. Any ministry built around one person, that's not the gospel. We're not going to have a JTM bus out front, I promise, because the ministry is not about me. I should leave here, and my most successful thing is you should be thinking about Jesus, and you should forget my name. Right? So, but I struggle for that person. And Jesus isn't saying you show those people who they are, the ones that are idiots, 
He's not. He's saying, now you, you practice what you're preaching because you're preaching a message that's pretty strong. You practice that with that person. You give them space. You let them speak. You don't kick them out when it's bad. You don't kick them out when they've harmed 11 brothers and sisters over here. You, you truth them in love. You know, you speak the truth in love. And so community has this way of, of whittling who you are. For those of us from a generation, you know, from previous generations, it's very much a kind of generation where we wanted to listen to a guy preach, and we want, now we want to listen to a podcast. It's not, we don't need a life group. What do you need a life group for? We don't need people. Just gather some knowledge and move forward with our calling. If I can just gain enough knowledge, I can go do this. But that's not the way the, the gospel's made. The gospel's made for communities. He is community. He's Father, Son, and Spirit for all of eternity. He exists in what, he's practicing what he's preaching. He's not like, I don't even know what community is, guys. He's in it. And so community has a way of whittling what God's called you to do. And when you immerse yourself in it, that's, I'm going to be a pastor. God's clarifying this in my heart that preaches community stronger than a lot of other things. Even things that you're like, no, no, no. Walk in the deeper stuff. The deeper stuff is there. But all of that stuff is to build a body up to be like Jesus. And in that, the world sees us like Jesus. That totally rhymed. Yes. And the voices, listen to me, this is, this is a challenge for you. The voices that have spoken to your life, whether through a church or a person that has walked in the unworthy manner, is not your ticket to say, I'm done with this. It's your ticket to say, all right, I saw clearly how it shouldn't be done. It's not my job to bash that person or group. Forgive me for doing that sometimes, guys. Forgive me for doing that. Sometimes I stand up here and, and preach about these massive churches I've been a part of. And for a lot of people, those churches brought such beautiful healing and hope, and they did so much for them. I speak about them flippantly sometimes, and I want you to forgive me. I've noticed that in myself. I don't want to do that. Good things have happened. For me, it wasn't my story because God was crafting something deeper. I just wasn't, I didn't have enough maturity to say, this is what God's doing. It was always about, those are wrong, I'm right. Forgive me for speaking about the communities I've come from like that. They're good places, all right? They're good places. It's my fault I shouldn't have said it. I said it. I want to move past it and be better about that. I hate that. I hate that I do that. But it's not about whether you have a reason, you know? There's plenty of people who are doing it wrong. He's shown us how to do it right, and it's easiest to do it right when it's being done wrong. It gives you the best opportunity. So if you're looking for a group of people that are already doing, living, living like this, you're, gonna always find, you're always gonna have opportunity to find it. Because the only time you ever need any of these four things I just mentioned, humility, long-suffering, is when it's not happening. Does that make sense? You have to have people to have that because people create it and you have to have the not happening of that to have that. So this idea that we're looking for a place that's gonna be perfect is never gonna happen even if we feel like we've capitalized on something amazing. So for me to say to you, the voices that came out of it, listen, damage has been done. People have spoke to you things that are awful. Leadership has been around you that has been terrible, harmed you, caused you to do things you shouldn't do. It's time to sever ties with letting it affect you. Move past it, forgive them, and pray for them. Even the ones that you know, even today, are still doing it the wrong way. Pray for that person. God, I would, I would love to see the leaders in my life that have felt like they just need a bigger platform to see your humility. Just a picture of you, Jesus, washing feet. Help us to lead like that. God, I pray that every ministry I've ever been a part of that's bought into the American dream, bigger, better, stronger, I just pray that you would help them see the heart of Jesus around a, 
a prostitute, around a group of 12 guys that one of them wanted to kill him, around people that people were like, don't slow down, this is bitter. I want you to just put in that place these people you need to just sever ties with, not in a you're wrong, idiot, but in a God, fill them, forgive them. I won't let it affect my identity anymore. I want to walk in this manner worthy. Amen. So I'm going to read to you verses 7 through 13 really quick. From here and you from there. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ has apportioned it. I could preach every stinking verse like 11 years. I'm not going to do that. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body (laughs) of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's beautiful. That should maybe just preach to you on its own of what that did. Here's what it's saying, a couple things. Every gift that you possess is from God. And actually here, it's not just talking about the spiritual ones. You sing good? Amen. It's not from you. You have attractive biceps? Chris, not from you. You you speak three languages and the ability to attain that kind of, you are amazing at running businesses. You have a, a knack for creating children's clothes. You are extremely good at software development. You are just naturally the fun guy at a party. You love people so well, you know. Every good thing, everything is from him. Every good gift, not just spiritual, every good gift. Already in the process of walking out this, you can already thank God before you even know. For those of you like, I don't even know. You can be like, thank you, Jesus, that I have a, I can have style. I don't have style. Maybe you have style. Thank you, Jesus. Jason played professional baseball. I love saying that. I'm, and it's strange how much better I am in him, and he had that, and I didn't have that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, you know, that Nate was a great wrestler and that Jordan's considered a genius. Is that what you told me one time? <laughs> this has become my opportunity to roast. You know, thank you, Jesus, that innately and Lee and Emily... They love people so well. There's probably something spiritual in that one. But they just love people well. It doesn't matter who you are. You can come in here doing a tornado fist punch, and they're like, let's, let's love this guy. Thank you. Every single good gift that you have, and you've got you to notice, even before the spiritual, the good things that are in you. They're not about you, and it's not for you to be like, I'm terrible, you're great, God, as much as say, you already have wired in me some things. And I'll go ahead and throw this out to you. They can be integrated into how you live your life for Jesus so well. So well. Even the most minuscule things. I love ping pong. I love playing ping pong. I play ping pong with all kinds of people. I played at the community center. I played at my gym. I played here with these guys. They're not good at ping pong, but we've somehow come in the middle. I'm yet to be beat here, except by Jordan a couple times. So what is it in you, before you even know calling, 
that you can say, I'm going into this desert group of people or this island of people, and Jesus has this for me, even before you know if you're a preacher, pastor, apostle, prophet. What can you sit with a group of people and, and somehow enhance the kingdom of God in their lives and bring unity so that it looks like Christ? I'll say that, but then I'll say this. You have a gift in you. It's there. Move past it. Come to terms with it, even if you don't know it, and say, thank you, Jesus. Everyone on the count of three, say, thank you, Jesus. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. It is there, and it is not for you. Please, young passionate, young passionate who knows everything about how the world is going to change for Jesus. You know it better than everybody in the room. Please, please know that your gift is not there for you. I'm on my tippy toes. It's not even for you. It's not your gift. It's our gift. Your gift is our gift. W? No. W? No. What do you think I was going to say? WWJD. <laughs> do, you, do you want more? Sorry, guys. Do you want more proof? Why, do they, why are five offices listed in, this, listed in this passage? Why are five offices listed that pretty much me and all my friends at some day were like, which one am I going to be? Thinking that God's given us some kind of platform somewhere to be pastor, apostle, preacher, evangelist, teacher. Why, why are these listed? There's only one reason why these are listed. If these are in place, everyone else is growing. That's the only reason these are listed. These offices exist for your benefit. I am here to serve you. I believe that 100% with every part of my calling. I am not better than you. My dad operates in the prophetic right back there. He is not better than you. He is here to show you who you are in Christ in the body so that you can come to life. The only reason these offices that all of us want to be and have our ministries and build our cathedrals is for the other people in the room. So say to me, you feel called by God that you're a prophet. You better know that you've got to walk in the manner worthy. You better know that it's for other people because if you don't, you're going to build some kind of crazy whack looking ministry that is not about Jesus and no one's going to be led to the body or to Christ. You better know that when you say, I'm certain, of what Jesus has called me to do. That if it's for you, you'll run with it and you'll have the coolest looking thing for you ever. But he gives it to each of you for the other. And if you look at it like that, those of you who still have no idea, it's easier to understand. How can I go into this body and help? Instead of, I gotta find my calling. Two different mindsets, I gotta find my calling. How, God, are you asking me to impact the world through this community? What have you given me in the natural? What have you given me in the supernatural? I want to know, you know? I want to know. See, so it's my personal belief, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to wrap up in a minute. It's my personal belief that anybody in any of the offices should be the best at the manner worthy. They should model humility the best. They should model long-suffering the best. They should model meekness the best. They should model gentleness the best. You know, and honestly, and, and I'll just say this in our community, the only people I would ever even consider, I mean, honestly, like, like opposite version of T.D. T. Jakes could come to our church, and while he's gifted, he, he is walking in the manner worthy, I don't know, and be like prideful, like that guy comes in, he's that good at preaching, I would never ask that person to be a part of leadership. I would ask people who maybe have a little bit less of a gift, that that's not even scriptural, it doesn't even make sense, but, but if I saw the manner worthy, 
There's, there's a path for that person in every community. There's a path for that person who says, I'm gonna suffer long, it's not about me, I'll spend my time for the other. Leadership's coming. For those of you who are walking in that and you know it, leadership's coming because that's who Jesus brings to the surface. That's from the, that seat, come sit up here. But I can tell you who he makes sit in the other seat. The one that walks in is like, this is my party? It's my party? He'll say, well, I got another seat for you too. <laughs> and that's less fun. That's not nearly as fun to be taken from a good seat and sat in a, at the toddler table. And then Jesus writes your name on a cup. You're like, here, Josh, you have that, and here's a cookie. So let's be the ones in our community. And, and just, I didn't even plan to say this. Um, I'll say this. It takes time for the, it takes time for, for development and your gift, you know. It takes time. You know, even, even when you know, it's like anything, you know. Like, Jason didn't start playing baseball as a high schooler and could have been playing for the Texas Rangers. I mean, the minor league system's long, you know, and for you it's the same. In community, it will surface. Don't throw yourself away from community. Don't. And, and I would even say this, not to pull you here. Be a, a part of a community so much that people know you, know your story, know how they're praying for you, that you're known. Don't be so spread out where, not one, real, where one group doesn't really know you, right? Amen. Um, so... I'm going to do some prayer, but I'm going to read you the last, four, last three verses of this really quick. This is 14 through 16. When you have these leaders in place, right, when you've walked in the manner worthy, this is kind of the fruit. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by cunning, cunning and craftiness of, of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, Speaking the truth in love actually translated truthing in love. It's not even, doesn't even make sense. It's an action. Truthing in love. We will in all things grow up into him who is head, that is Christ. From him the whole body joined together and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Your challenge. You got to be able to say you're wrong. Please hear me say this. You got to be able to say you're wrong. When you're wrong, and you need people in your life that will tell you that in love. You're not always right, and if you've only surrounded yourself with a community that everything you do is right, you're probably not living in true biblical community. You have to be able to hear, I'm actually really wrong about that. Here's also what you have to be able to do. You have to be able to share that with people in a really loving way, right? If a brother or sister is wrong, and you've known it for three years, you got to be able to somehow pray that the Holy Spirit would guide you and be the comfort and help that they need to hear. You are wrong. It's not helping you what you're, what you're living in. Does that make sense? It's called truthing in love. Because in every community, there should be infants that need to be cuddled in the spiritual realm, but also in the natural realm. There should be people in every community that have no idea what's going on. There should be toddlers who are terrible at it, who are walking around, throwing things against the wall, smacking people, don't know how to sit and serve. There should be those people there. There should be the ones that you need to protect where they're going to go run and want to jump off the, like, the railing and like land on their back. And her bad. There's the, All that needs to be in community. But for that to be in community, a healthy community has that, but it also has spiritual parents running around and truthing in love. If you're in a community that doesn't have spiritual parents, you should start praying for spiritual parents instantly because you need wisdom. And most of the time, even the most passionate young people don't have a lot of it, even though they have a lot of call. 
Now, I'm, I would consider myself in that category. I surround myself with people older than me in our church because they know more than me. Period. Period. And you need those people in your community, and you need the infant. Please look, look at me. Don't get mad at the infants in your life. Cuddle them. Don't do it actual. Don't be like, here you go, buddy, like 38-year-old bearded man. <laughs> Come here. Don't do that. But you know what I'm saying? Give grace for each person, speaking the truth in love so that we can all be built up into Christ as the whole body. Make sense? So today, if you'll stand with me, um, is John, are you coming up, John? Is that you? Awesome. Go and come up. I just want to pray over you, and then I want to challenge you in a, in a way to pray, okay? So today, Jesus is speaking to you, and he's saying, I'm sending you to a community. I'm sending you into a community, not a desert island. He's saying this to you. Actually, close your eyes. He's saying, I'm sending you in. How will you penetrate it and show the love of Christ? Ask him for one thing and one way. Please don't check out right here. Ask him, Jesus, how do I truth and love this community? And for those of us who have walked in an unworthy manner or been affected by it, we want to say yes to the Jesus that says, I'm coming at you with humility. I'm coming in long-suffering. I'm accepting you before you deserve it. I'm dying for you while yet you were sinners. All these things before anything could happen on your part. Know that he's doing that for you so that you can then in turn do it. I just thank you, Jesus, that that's who we serve. All other religions have some other crazy thing that if we do something good, we get something good. You say, I'm coming to do it all. Receive this gift. I just love that. That's why I want you. That's why I'm serving you. That's why for the rest of our lives, we will live for you. So right now in this room, if, you, if, you're, if you're searching for your one thing in community, just ask him in your own words. Prayer teams, you can go ahead and get in spot. If you need prayer for anything under God's son, please let people pray with you today. So Father, we just want to respond to you today and give you space. So for the rest of the time we're here, Jesus, um, have your way. Speak into our hearts, open our hearts, create space. We say yes to you. For everybody that's in this room, uh, give, give him some space to respond. Um, and then we'll, we'll come back up in a few minutes. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.